Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Holotex Podcast. This was a special episode uh, because obviously we've been away for a minute. We haven't posted any episodes for you guys. Uh, there's a good reason why, because we've been behind the scenes planning. And before I introduce the guest for today, I just want to officially welcome my duo, my new partner in crime, my co-host, aka Eric, aka Salsa Plug. Go follow him on Twitter. And yeah, let's get straight into our guests. First up, we have Carter from the UK. So, you know, if you fall in love with his accent and shit, if you like rap music, go give him a follow on Twitter, which we'll give you guys later. And we got Pegasus, aka Peg, on the call with us today, too. Um, yeah, guys, thank you for joining for the episode today. How's everyone doing today? You guys good? Pretty good, yeah. Hardenstein fan 69, y'all blessed? <laughs> Yo, it's funny because no one's going to understand what, what – because they're not in our group chats on Twitter, right? They're not going to understand the Or because thing. they don't know who Hardenstein is, which probably really pisses don't. Peg off more. But you know what? We'll give Peg a chance. We'll give him a chance to uh, plead his case on Hardenstein. So that'll, that'll come. Um, but yeah, yo, let's, let's jump straight into it. Uh, I know we haven't talked about Raptors ball and what's happening for a minute. Uh, first thing first, we are our king, king of the north, Kyle Lowry. He's, he's in South Beach now. He's gone. Um, I know it's late because this happened a while back. I know the reactions are already out, but let's break it down. What do you guys think of the trade so far? The sign of trade? You know what? A lot of people were criticizing it at first because they thought that the return was kind of crappy, especially when they saw uh, the sign and trade, what, what, um, what Charlotte got for Devontae Graham. What did they get a first round pick out of that as well? So you look at that and then you look at Kyle Lowry and you say, well, Kyle Lowry is at least four times the player that Devontae Graham is and they got a first round pick out of it. And so, you know, you're, you know, that's probably where the initial criticism came from. But from all of us who have watched pretty much every summer league game, I think all of us in this have, have seen it. Um, Precious is insane. And we saw Masai and Bobby both say how, um, or at least Bobby, talk about how um, they, were, they had every intention of trying to trade up for Precious uh, last year. And uh, they were hoping that, you know, if, if you know, worst case, he'd, he'd fall to them. And you can see why you can see what they saw in him and you can see, you know, you guys know that my comparison is he can be essentially like a Robert Williams, a slightly shorter wingspan, Robert Williams that can also shoot the three ball. So, um, you know, it sucks for, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it sucks that Lowry's gone. You know, he was our franchise cornerstone. He was everything that you associate with the Raptors. He was Mr. Raptor, but you know, at the end of the day, it's something that kind of needed to happen. We've got Fred. He's 27 now. You know, if we sign Lowry for another, you know, three years, what, we can have Fred, you know, uh, finally taking the helm at point guard at 30 years old. You know, it doesn't really make sense. So, you know, it made sense to do it then. And, um, you know, I'm really excited to see Precious. I don't know about you guys, but I think I think it was, you know, a fair return. Um, Me too. Generally speaking. What do you guys think? Yeah, I'd say it's a fair return. Um Honestly, Precious is a bit of a project on offense. You can tell, like, his handle, his shooting. He's not really there yet, but that'll come. And we can have projects on the team, right? So this still this is still a really young team. Um, even though Precious is young, he's a project. But I think he's good defensively. He can basically guard, like, one through five with pretty good defense. You saw it in Summer League there where he was switching onto players and I think Precious is a solid prospect. Um, I think there's a big question of what we're going to do with Goran Dragic because you don't know if we're going to trade him, we're going to keep him. 
Um, I think he's gone at the deadline for sure, but that's my thoughts on it. Carter? Um, to be honest, I always saw it as a situation of whether we would lose him for free or not. So initially, when we got the return, obviously I did overthink it a little bit, but it was a situation where we could have easily lost him for nothing. And just, you know, simply getting a young player in pressure, I think we should be happy. And I think what he's shown so far in the summer league there's nothing but potential. So I'm happy, to be honest. And I'm also happy for Lowry because we sent him where he wants to be. 100%. And the thing is, like, what excites me with Precious Man is, look, a lot of players, like, when they get drafted to whatever team they get drafted to, they're in there for, like, at least four years, right? Because, you know, especially if they're a good player. Four years, then they'll probably get, like, a contract extension, some sign the max if they're showing a lot of potential. And then when they get traded later on, they're like really sad. And like, cause they're so accustomed to living in that city. I think with Precious is such a good opportunity because like, look, we have a really good developmental system. Him getting traded early on to his career. Cause he went to Miami, what, during the COVID season. So he didn't really get fully get the Miami experience. And now he gets to come to a city like Toronto where he's getting traded with a chip on his shoulder with the young core. He's going to be part of our bench mob, maybe even start some games with one of the best coaches in the league, best developmental staff, and by far the best executive team, right? Like, if I'm precious, bro, like, I can't think of a better situation, right? And I think when it comes to the Goran Dragic situation, man, like, I think all the shit about him saying, like, he wants to be in a better situation or whatever, that shit's, like, blown out of proportion, man. Like, people on Twitter are so reactionary. Like, think about it. If you were Goran Dragic, like, you would want to compete for a ring, too, at this time. Like, if you got traded to a team like Toronto, what are you going to do? Like, be like, oh, yeah. This, this is where I'm going to wait out my next year and then sign a contract. You want to be somewhere else too. And I think Goran Dragic move is a good move too because now we can shop him, maybe get something else in return. And even if we get a second-round pick for him, man, like you guys already know, a second-round pick on, on the Raptors is like a first-round pick. Might as well be a fucking lottery based on what we've done with our picks, right? Like we fucking flipped Norman, Davis Vasquez to Norman Powell and then Norman Powell to Gary Trent Jr., who's now making close to $80 million. Right. Like, I don't know. I, I think everyone's been talking about how we could have done more with the lottery trade. We should have traded about the deadline and all this stuff. But I think moving in this offseason is probably like the best thing we could have done. Because, look, it also earned us some loyalty points. Right. Because if you're a superstar on the league and you see how we treated Larry, considering like the damage we had in our reputation when we moved the Rosen for Kawhi. Like if we didn't win a championship that year, like people would have just been like, oh, they took a chance at Kawhi. They didn't make anything happen. Toronto sucks, but bitch, we want a fucking championship, right? And then we recovered our reputation by, you know, moving Larry to a place where he wants to go, not shipping him for nothing, and actually, like, doing it right by him, you know, Mr. Raptor. So I, I think it's the best thing that we could have done, and I don't know about you guys, but I want Larry to win another ring. I want him to go to Hall of Fame, be our first Raptor to be in the Hall of Fame. That's actually, like, wait, is there another Raptor in the Hall of Fame? I know Vince Carter is, right? Is Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh, probably. Chris, Chris Bosh is. Uh, but, I mean, think about it. Like, it, 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 let's be honest. Everyone thinks of Chris Bosh as Miami Chris Bosh. Like, no one really gives a fuck about... We've never had a franchise player in the Hall of Fame. We've never had a franchise player Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, do you guys have anything else to add regard, regarding the Larry I thing mean, before we start um, moving on? In terms of Dragic, I can see why a lot of people might not be too positive with him but why i see it as i see it as this right with larry gone 
there's going to be a significant weight on Fred's shoulders to carry on that role, you know? And so I think Dragic could help that. I think coming off the bench, he's experienced, you know, he can score. If I'm not mistaken, has he not got the most points for Miami in the playoffs? Or am I wrong? Something like that. Uh, he, 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 he was in the top. Something he was like really, that. really good during their playoff exactly. run. But I mean, um, yeah, no, go ahead. Pre, pre-injury though. Pre-injury though. Let's not forget that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, let's say there's games where Fred has to take that whole leadership role of Larry and he's struggling. I mean, I love Malika and I think he's going to be a great guard for us in the future. But I don't see him as someone who can come off the bench and lead the second unit with experience, whereas Dragic could do that. And it's only for you on years. Like he's not on a big contract, you know? Yeah, here's the thing, though. Don't you think that Fred has been carrying the load? Because I think for the last year, um, especially, and I think Bobby even alluded to this, he said, you know, Fred's been kind of been preparing for this. You know, we've seen him yeah. be on behind the scenes. And we saw him on the sidelines a lot last season because, you know, he was injured. I think he had, you know, a hip injury. And during that time that he was on the sidelines, you saw him just as animated as Lowry, if not more. Uh, if you rewatch the Gary Trent buzzer beater, one of the, I think – I think the first or second person that runs up to Gary Trent is Fred, you know, and, and you've seen him with his leadership role and, and, you know, in press conferences, I'd argue that he sounds like more of a leader than Lowry. Um, and, you know, let's not forget who closed out game six of the NBA finals for us, who, who took the load on his shoulders then, you know, he has, he is, he has everything he needs to be to be the next leader of this team. Um, and he's been showing that. And, you know, and, and secondly, I'm not sure if, um, if I would agree that Dragic is, um, you know, a, a more reliable scorer off the bench than Malachi. I mean, I think Malachi's shot creation is, you know, if he can get even to 70% of what we saw in the first game of Summer League, I mean, that that's sixth man right there. And he's, what, 22? So, you know, that's there's that as well. And and the last point that I wanted to make with, with respect to that was that, you know, it's kind of difficult to expect a leadership, to, to expect a player, a new player to fill a leadership role when it's quite clear he doesn't want to be in Toronto. Um, you know, some of us can say, oh, well, you know, he just doesn't want to be in this situation, blah, 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 blah. At the end of the day, you know, he, I think we all kind of know he just doesn't want to be in Toronto. And, you know, he was pictured wearing a Miami Heat shirt, you know, working out in a Miami Heat shirt, like even after he sent out that apology. So, you know, it's kind of difficult to expect that guy to be your leader. And so personally, I don't think that Fred needs any help with the leadership role. I think he's got it. Um, personally, that's, that's my opinion. I mean, it no, I agree with. Sorry, go on, go on. Like, sorry, bro. I mean, I agree with everything you're saying. I'm not saying he's going to be Damian Lillard off the bench, but I'm just saying in terms of as a professional, he said it himself. He's still got to act like a professional, you know? I'm sure Masa and Bobby have shown him probably nothing but love since he's arrived. So I don't think he's going to come on the court and purposely score in his own basket. Do you know what I mean? I just think he's good to have rather than just shipping him off for nothing. You know, I just don't yeah, think I mean, over yet. I, I see what you're saying, Carter, because that's what I thought, too. Like, prior to, like, all the interview shit that came out about him and, like, the fan base going off and stuff, I actually saw a lot of value in Dragic because at the end of the day, like, he's a vet that's been in the league for a minute, has been in a lot of different situations, had success in the playoffs, has been an all-star in the past, has been all-NBA. Um, like, this guy, like, he, I still expect him to be a professional. Like I said, like, you know, come into the organization and still – give it 100%, get his value up, maybe get moved to a team he wants to get moved to. The last thing I want us to avoid, which I highly think is going to happen, is 
like an Andre Iguodala situation when he was in Memphis. When Jean Moran and all, Dylan Brooks and all these guys came out being like, nah, we don't fuck with that. Like, you don't believe in us, fine, then don't play it. Right? But the thing is, our organization is a lot more intact than that. Like, our leadership at the top is, like, a lot more secure than that. So I don't think it's going to happen with us. But speaking of, um, you know, our organization and our front office, I think it was a lot easier to swallow the Larry pill that Masai signed back, which I don't think any of us were, were really surprised with. What do you guys think? Like, I wasn't surprised. Right. I think it was just a matter of like, what title is he going to get? Because what? When he first came, he was a GM. Right. And then he became president when he re-upped. Yeah, because because you got to remember that... his his initial role is a scout. Right. So when he came, right. you know, the, he, he went into a GM role, whatever. But at the end of the day, he I think his ideal position is where, he, you know, kind of an overseer role where he can do the scouting, but not have that be, you know, not be restricted to that particular position where he can also yeah. kind of oversee everything else. Yeah. Yeah, no, bro. Like, having Masai back, I was, like, I was fucking pounding my chest like King Kong, bro. I was so fucking hyped. Like, bro, it, I mean, we don't know how long, but, like, I mean, we can only assume it's for at least four years, four to five years, right? And seeing that Nick Nurse is signed until uh, – sorry, with Team Canada, he's signed until 2024. That means he's probably going to be around with the Raptors until 2024. So, at least we got Masai until 2024, which isn't a bad, you know, bad extension, right? Um, I mean, obviously we'll talk about Masai and his impact on the organization more, but what do you think the plan might be? I want to hear what Pegasus has to say. Like, what do you think the plan might be? What do you think Masai wants to do? I think Masai is going for, um, going for like more scores at this point. Like I know we saw him, saw him go for like a bunch of six, nine guys that can defend. Right. But, uh, I think we need a shot creator. He said we need a shot creator, so, and then his Wi-Fi um, said, "Oh, there he comes back." We're back, okay. I was saying, shot, I was yeah, I was saying shot creator, um, and I think he could be moving Fred Van Vliet soon. I don't think Siakam is getting traded at all. Um, I think he's going for a bigger lineup with uh, Delano Banton and Barnes in the lineup, as well with Siakam and OG in a big. Um, I think that's what he's going for. Okay. The last part, the last part cut out. You were saying Siakam and. I was saying Siakam and OG, uh, like the core was Siakam and OG with Barnes and Banton and a big. Um, mm. And then he's going for like a shot creator off the bench as well. So I think that's really like the plan. I, honestly, I see what you're saying, but I have to disagree on Fred being moved because I was thinking about this. Like, because if you look at, Masai's track record with the Raptors, and you guys can chime in on this too, I think he really values continuity, right? If you look at how long he gave Lowry and DeMar to figure it out, and then I think because culture and continuity is such a big thing for him because they kind of go hand in hand, like if you're always just like building a new team over and over, your culture kind of gets fucked up, right? So I think like, especially with Fred and Pascal being like the two main guys from our championship team that's really left, that like really contributed to it, I think they're around for at least two more years. Like, I don't see Fred being moved until not this season, but the off season of next season. Like when he has at least one or one, two years remaining, because I think he's going into his second year of the four-year contract right now. So I don't really get like see him getting moved until like, you know, Malachi steps up or Scotty steps up or one of our younger guys, like is really showing a lot of like leadership uh, potential. 
And especially in our point guard, like I think Malika has a lot of potential to show that leadership, but I don't know if we're going to see that till year four when he gets more like, you know, rep- repetitiveness, when he actually like gets a lot more touches and he gets a lot of opportunity to make mistakes. Cause we already know, like he still has a lot of fuck up inside of him. Like he still has to fuck up a lot more, miss a lot of buzzer beater shots like Pascal to like kind of build that grit. You know what I mean? Like build that leadership quality. Um, I don't know, man. I, I don't, I don't think we have moved. I think I think I, I would have initially began on, on your side. I would have been like, nah, if anybody's getting traded, it's Pascal. Because you know, he's gonna be making either I think I think thirty-eight next year, if not then the year after. Um, and that is Cheddar. quite a lot. So um, you know, th- so initially I was kind of like, No, if anyone's gonna get moved, it's probably Pascal. Um, you know, and then just keep Fred because he's an amazing defender as well, you know, for lots of reasons. But I think I think Peg actually made a good point that um, you know, if, if this is the direction that Masai sees us taking, where everybody on the floor is, you know, 6'8", 6'9", 6'10", and, you know, so we just have supreme switchability. Um, if that really is the direction that we're going, then it would make sense that Fred is the one to leave since Pascal fits that mold. On top of that, we have a direct replacement, uh, ideally, in Scotty. That might be the reason we drafted him right. instead of Suggs, be. because that's the direction that we're going. And so if we're going to replace Fred, I see that being with Scotty. I don't see that being Malachi. I don't see there ever being a situation where Malachi Flynn is the franchise point guard of the Raptors. I don't see that ever happening. I think he gets but traded. But I have a counter to, to that, though. I have a counter to that. Because I feel like if, you, if, if we're moving Fred in the next couple of years, then shouldn't we have drafted, like, Jalen Suggs, who's a lot more ready as a guard and a leader? Who I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I think Scotty can be that leader because he's vocal as fuck. He leads by example. I think we've seen him because he was mic'd up during summer league and we've seen a lot of defensive possession when he's like talking to his teammates, right? Like, but do, do you think Jalen Suggs is more ready to be a leader in the next couple of years than Scotty Barnes? I have my answer, but I'll let somebody answer first <laughs> if they uh, want to answer first. Carter, what do you think? Um, I've never really thought about it in terms of the leadership role. I've always, like, since the draft day I've seen it as who's better right now and who can be better in five six years so I'm not really educated on that topic if I'm on that's cool that's cool Pegasus Mazur and Estacio his wife has like nah not letting them talk (laughs) yo Pegasus if you can hear us bro um Um, Oh, there we go. There we go. All right, we don't go. Um, I'm gonna go yeah, ahead. Then. Um, so go I think it. that look, you, you you were talking about the defensive community. Holy crap! William Lou just DM'd me. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, it was just a, in response to a question I asked him earlier. That's dope. Anyways, um, <laughs> <laughs> shout to William Lou, yo. Thank you for everything on Yahoo Sports. Shout out to William Lou, man. Yeah, uh, you know, good luck to that guy. You know, I think we all rate the hell out of that guy he's what he's done for the raptors is amazing anyways um, i think that uh personally we saw all the defensive communication from scotty during summer league i mean i think that was one of the first things that we all noticed about him that he was communicating on almost every single freaking possession now suggs has the nicest you know leadership type of style you know that, that you'd see in like highlight reels but scotty if you actually watch him during the game he is always talking always every minute of every play defensively he is talking he is the rookie 
And we saw him giving sophomores and, you know, I think, I think maybe a couple of, I don't remember exactly who we had on the court during the first game, but I saw him giving defensive instructions to other people, to the other rookies. And, and I believe, you know, he was even talking to Malachi. He was talking to a lot of people and this is the rookie giving advice or giving instructions. And, and that you're kind thinking of, of Wayne, really, right? really, I think you're thinking of Wainwright. He was like 26, right? Played overseas. Yeah. And yeah. so he was giving instructions to all of them. And that showed me like, if he is always talking, and you heard that it wasn't just a bunch of, you know, nonsense. Like you could hear when he was actually mic'd up on the sideline, you could hear the instructions that he was giving, you know, always, uh, you know, try to find the easy cut when I'm, when I'm, you know, rushing toward the paint, blah, 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 blah. Like that showed me, yeah, he's going to be, he's going to be a fantastic leader that, that will just switch right in. And that's another thing that shows me, look, who, who is a more perfect replacement than, than Fred? Uh, sorry, who is a perfect, rep- uh, more perfect replacement for Fred than Scotty? Because, you know, Malachi has probably got that leadership gene as well. But, you know, he's probably a little bit more of a silent type, you know, like how Fred was kind of like last year. He was more of a silent leader. So in my view, I think I think Scotty is is absolutely, you know, it's kind of difficult to compare in relative terms. Is he more of a leader or more ready to be a leader? I mean, I'm not really too sure. I'd say whoever's whoever is better able to back up their own, you know, advice, you know, you respect as a leader, whoever is um whoever is able to take their own advice and execute it themselves. So at that point, the question becomes, you know, who is more ready to take their own advice, who is better at, at implementing their own suggestions. And, um, you know, I guess that kind of devolves into a conversation about who is the better player. And, you know, I, I think a lot of Raptors fans have still heard about that. So we'll dodge that subject, but uh, you know, I think, I think that there's a very, very, I think there's a very good chance that Scotty is definitely the, the better of the two. Bro. Like, just to touch upon Malachi quick, the only thing I want Malachi to have that I feel like he doesn't have right now, and I don't know if he'll ever have this because this is like has to do with his character and personality, I just wish that he was a little bit more animated. This guy always has the same face. Even in, like, interviews, always, like, giving the most PC-like answer. Like, he's just always so stone cold, doesn't laugh, doesn't fucking get angry. I just wish he was a little bit more animated like Fred. Uh, I mean, Fred obviously, like, improved a lot. Like, he grew a lot throughout the years. But I kind of want to see that in my point guard, you know? Like, like yo, scream a little. Like, fucking yell in someone's face, bro. You know, like, I, I like that shit. Um, yeah, bro. Like, I, I'm, I'm really impressed with Scotty. Um, I have to look up the stats to really see, like, what his stats were in the summer league. But, bro, like, he had that one game. Uh, I think it was against Golden State where he was, like, a little dud. But aside from that, like, he, he was going off, bro. That run that he took us to against Charlotte and brought us back to win the game, that was, like, that was some insane shit. That was shit. Scotty taking fun- over. That was Scotty taking over. You know, the funniest thing is, I feel like that little fumble at the end when the, <laughs> when the game was tied was kind of like the basketball gods being like, you know what, Raptors fans, you had a really tough offseason. Here's a little gift. And just remember that that, that, was, I remember that was that was the second thing that happened. Don't remember, don't forget that the first thing that happened was he missed both the free throws on the foul that wasn't a foul. He did. So that's the basketball god saying, "Take this, and here's a loot bag on top." That's of That's fucking like, insane, bro. Uh, Yo, Carter, did you watch summer league? Bro, of course, I've been tuning in every single game, and I can't give me your impressions, you, um, brother. Give me your impressions, bro. I'm surprised. To be honest, when we drafted Scotty, I mean, I feel like a lot of people were like this as well. I did overreact. I did. But 
You were well, depressed, bro. Be honest. You were yeah, depressed. you're fucking depressed, bro. But yo, you're not the only one, man. I was sad too. I mean, if you watch three months worth of Jalen Suggs highlights, you know. But to be honest, I've been turned like around. I've been seeing him like not just. I don't know where to begin, bro. The defense, the scoring, the playmaking, and it might not be on a large scale. It's just glimpses here and there, but. You just can't help but think if that game fully develops, he is going to be a beast, bro. I'm telling you. Superstar ain't even a drag. I'm telling you, it's not a bad take. He could be a superstar, bro. Bro, like, he got the confidence. He just needs time. Like, he, he's, he's going to be like wine, man. He's only going to get better with age. Like, that's going to be Scotty Barnes for you. Already a fucking grown man. <laughs> His body like, is already, like, fucking insane. He's only going to get bigger. He's enthusiastic as hell. His energy is contagious. Elevates his whole franchise. Um, William Liu actually did an interview with uh, someone. I think he's the father of... It was the, or it was the father of one of Scotty's teammates. Right. And they're just talking about how, like, when Scotty's not on the court or when he's not in the room, his presence is missed. Like, you know he's not there. Usually it's like, oh, shit, that guy's in the room. Like, everyone's in check. Everyone knows he's here. Like, obviously, that's given, but when he's not there, you're like, oh, fuck, like, he's not here. Like, he really takes you to another level. It's insane, man. I think we needed a player like that for a long time, especially with Kalo gone. Um, I think we can guarantee and say that we have at least the next nine years of Scotty. And based on, like, you know, how hyped he was fucking doing the draft and shit, like, you know, he's he, he might just be a lifer as long as he produces, right? Yeah. Um, Bro, and- do you know how I see it? I see okay. it as even right now, his defense is NBA ready, bro. I feel like oh, he yeah. can still impact the game. Like, no disrespect to Jalen Suggs. Like that. Exactly. Like, no disrespect to Jalen Suggs, but if Jalen Suggs has a bad night, do you think he can still finish with five blocks? I don't think so. Nah. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a good-ass point. Yeah. Because look at it this way. We can all agree that Scott is the energy player. Right, doesn't matter if there's like five minutes left on the on the clock. He's an energy player. He's gonna give you energy the whole way through. I haven't seen it like when he went cold, and he still gave you on defense, right? So like, when you're going cold on offense, but then you're still showing out on defense, that's still a spark plug for your team because you're creating extra possessions for your team. You're creating momentum for your team, and you know the Raptors are a really good transition team, right? I think that's what I'm really excited for. Um, but yeah, we're getting close to that 40-minute mark. I know, Carter, you have to dip in a second. Um, is there anything you want to say before we uh, finish off the first half of the episode? I want to just say just, one, one quick thing yeah. about um, yeah, just Scotty. On Scotty, one last thing. I think that he, he's giving me a lot of shades of, um, of Kawhi, actually. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when Kawhi first came into the league, everybody thought, you know, he is this amazing defender. Um, and the worry is, is he ever going to be able to shoot? You know, at a you know at a high percentage at a high clip, and and there were a lot of questions about that, and then you know a lot of people were saying, um, you know, when he did develop a shot, nobody was expecting this, or very few people were expecting this, but you know they, they he was drafted purely for his defense. defense, and now I mean you're seeing a lot of similarities with with Scotty, and and on top of that, I, we're all seeing the fadeaways. You know the the like the the fake fadeaways and the the, the turnaround fadeaways, oh, man. the hezies. Like we're we're seeing all of that from him, and you know that's very 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 Kawhi-esque. His hands are only an inch shorter than Kawhi's hands right now, and he's still growing. 
remember at the combine he was what six two point five wingspan and now he's six four wingspan and so that's like a month and a half period where he grew more than uh you know uh, so that's ridiculous so I'm, I'm just seeing a lot of like shades of Kawhi in his game and so i think that if he can become that player it kind of seems like Masai was like all right if i can't get Masai, uh, i can't get Kawhi back we're just gonna create one. our own i'll make yeah <laughs> that's exactly you know who i am i'm Masai talking to jiri bro <laughs> we do this Masai out frankenstein <laughs> shit bro I would just wish Scotty could keep growing, 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 growing until he's tackle full size with his same handles. Imagine he would be a demigod, bro. Yeah, that's another I thing. Agree. Remember, Giannis was what was it? Giannis was six eight, six nine when he came into the league, and he grew like two and a half feet, mm-hmm. and he put on like like I don't know, like sixty pounds or something like that. So you know, there's still a lot of time for Scotty to still fill his frame and and to grow even. Yeah, I want, I want to add something. Because we've been talking about Giannis, you just brought it up. The thing is, like, I don't think there will ever be a player like Giannis, even if they have the same physical uh, attributes as Giannis. Because, bro, like, the intangibles matter. Like, your purpose behind why you work so your ass off matter. Like, Giannis was legit like, yo, I'm doing this for my fucking family. Like, I'm putting food on the table for my fucking family. I'm here by myself. My family's not even here. If they don't come here, I'm not going to play in the NBA. Like he was doing it for his family. He had that big chip on his shoulder. And I think with Scotty, like I wouldn't say it's the same exact thing, but if you hear him talk and if you listen to like the way he talks about the game and how bad he wants to get better, I believe him. Because every player will talk, talks about winning and talks about being the next biggest thing and talks about being an all-star and champion. But the thing is like a lot of them talk out of their ass, Ben Simmons. Anyways, like it's it, like, bro, like with Scotty, I actually believe him, you know, like even he's, he's from Florida. Like uh, I forgot what, where he's from exactly. I can't believe I forgot, but it's in the east, southeast side of Florida. It's South Beach? South Beach West Palm, West Palm, I think. West, West Palm, Palm Beach, yeah. Yeah, like, and he talks about like, it's, a lot of people don't make it out of there. So for him to be able to make it out of them, not even be in America, be in a whole different country, like, he sees it as a blessing and I can only see him get better and better and better. But um, yeah, like we're just going to have to get a quick break here. Um, for those that are listening to the episode still, don't go anywhere. We're going to be back in five, four, three, two, one. And we're back. Um, thank you for waiting a long period of time for the second half of the episode. Uh, <laughs> if you don't know what happened, uh, our friend Pegasus, he actually ended up lagging out of the episode. And Carter, who's actually running on UK time because he's from the UK, it's it's almost like two a.m. It's late in it. It's late in it. (laughs) So uh, yes, so we had to let him go. So we cut the episode short there. But um, Eric and I are going to continue and uh, finish off some of the remainder of the topics that we do have to talk about today. Um, You know, we talked about Larry, we talked about Masai, we talked about Scotty Barnes, but we still have to talk about some of the other rookies that we drafted on the team. We have to talk about what our team's potentially going to look like. We have to talk about the Sam Decker situation, our future bench mob, and what our playoff situation might be next year. Either are we going to be a playoff team or are we going to be a lottery team? Are we going to contend? I wish. Um, but we don't know, <laughs> right? And we also have some fan questions. So let's let's get right into it. Um, Eric, so most impressive rookie. Who impressed you so far aside from Scotty Barnes, which is like given? <laughs> I think the obvious answer has to be Delano Banton, doesn't it? But, Easy. you know, I I think you can make a case for Ishmael Wainwright. Um, very yeah, different roles. I want to talk a lot about him. But I don't really know if you'd call him a rookie. 
Um, is he, is this his first year in the league? I don't quite remember. Are we gonna, if we're going to call Compazzo a rookie from last year, Wayne Wright's a rookie, bro. <laughs> no, I just wasn't sure if he was actually in the league before. That's why. He was never in the league. No, no, no. He went, he went straight to, uh, I think Europe, he right? graduated from Baylor? from Baylor. I think he did four years in Baylor. Then he did that one year of NFL situation. I forgot which team he actually tried out for. First of all, that's fucking lit. The that's fact fucking that he crazy, did, yeah. He was, he was an NFL player. Um, and then he went to Europe, and I believe he played three years. He's 26 now, and he's he got a call from the Raptors. So now, yeah, he's at Summer League. Yeah, it's dope. Yeah, so I'd, I'd still say it's, um, for me, I think we're both in agreement then. It's definitely Delano Banton. I mean, <clears throat> I have to say, as a preface, though, I'm kind of confused why we went for Scotty and we also went for Delano. Um, you know, that, that kind of just fuels my suspicions even further that Malachi Flynn is probably not going to be the future point guard of this team ever because it kind of seems like maybe Scotty's going to be the point guard and then Delano might be the backup point guard. So either way, you've got a 6'9 point guard. Um, either way, you can't really complain because, you know, if there's ever any redundancy, the point is you can always just trade Delano, you know, for, Why can't for somebody you keep else. All three? You could, you could. Um, but realistically, there's probably, yeah, no, to be honest, I, I guess the two is really the only position that he couldn't play. Um, and that's, you know, if he doesn't develop a shot, which he could. But yeah, no, I think um, overall, Delano has been very impressive. He's been very, very impressive. I mean, what is it that he can't do, I guess, other than, you know, three point shooting, pull up shooting um he can defend like crazy you know he 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 stuffs the defensive box score um (laughs) he's no yeah he's he's body shit like it's crazy dog like he can he's he can get steals he can block he's got a handle that's something that really surprised me his handle was really really impressive for for somebody his size and it's only going to get better i mean he's got a very 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 high ceiling i'm not exactly where uh, where Peg is would to say that you know he's going to be a top five player in this draft. But, but okay, I, I you know think... <laughs> Peg is just pushing an agenda forward, right? Like he's just gassing the man's up. But to be but, honest yeah. though, if I was Pegasus and if I was OG the Clamp God, like uh shout out to those two by the way. They they were the first ones on Raptors Twitter in my opinion to really see Delano Banton. Because they were like tweeting about Delano Banton back in December last year. Yeah they knew him before the draft. Yeah. Way before us. Yeah. So what do you Sorry, think? About what, what was impressive? What, what was impressive? I really like him. Uh, well, I'm not even gonna talk about the fact that like you know it's a good cultural move too to draft our first Toronto like player, and it's not even Toronto wasn't like oh he's from Kitchener or oh, he's from fucking Pickering like Corey Joseph. No, <laughs> it's from fucking Rexdale. Like Rexdale and Scarborough is is as Toronto as it gets, and having one of our own be drafted. First of all, it's a big fucking deal for the city, right? And you know, like, imagine the amount of motivation that it gives him. It's like, yo, I, go, I, I can't be, like, to move away a little bit. Like, Anthony Bennett, for example, the first Canadian drafted first pick. Good God. And then we're like, okay, we got Andrew Wiggins next. Good fucking God. <laughs> like, good God. Good God, like, like now we, Good thing we got Shea and Jamal Murray, like, carrying the Canadian, uh, oh, well, RJ Barrett and those guys carrying the flag now. But anyways, back to Delano, like, I really like the pick, man. Like, kid's confident. Um, he has nothing to lose. Got drafted in the second round. He knows that he's going to get a lot of opportunity. Like, you got – I mean, you saw the open gym clip where Masai's like, remember what I told you, we're here to win. Remember what I told you, we're here to win. And I trust Masai's judgment. And there's something about Delano's demeanor that Masai really loves, and I trust that. Um, I think – He's really good with his left, which we haven't talked about a lot. Like a lot of the finishes he had in the summer league where he was just isoing mans. 
uh, going left, which is really good considering that he's right-handed. Um, his shot does need a lot of work, but then again, like with a lot of time in G League, I don't, I, I'm not like, how do I say this? I'm not concerned. I'm not concerned yeah. whatsoever. Fucking taught Bruno Caboclo how to shoot. All right. Like we, like, bro, I'm not concerned about Delano Banda whatsoever. Norm Powell, uh, OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam. I mean, all of these guys were not good shooters in college, and we turned them in. into good shooters. Norm Powell was definitely not a good shooter coming into the <laughs> NBA. And look how he left. He left as the leading, if I'm not mistaken, either one yeah. or two, but I think from he's number corner. one, the, he was leading the best the corner. corner shooter from last season. He hit something crazy, like, I think it was 54.5%. I might be totally that's, butchering that's that number, nutty. but... That's, That's insane. That is insane. And so, That's you know, if, if our development team can do that as long as you're trying hard enough, and why wouldn't you have all the motivation in the world if you're Delano Banton, the first Canadian? Especially when he's only 20 years old. Yeah. He's 20. He's 20? He's, yeah, I think he's, um, he's crazy 2000. Outside, I think he's 2000, maybe. I, for, or 2001, I totally I'm forgot. Sure. Yeah, I totally forgot he only spent one year in college. Well, I, well, I, bro, it's because it looks like he spent longer. <laughs> Yeah, because we're used to the Raptors drafting four-year guys, right? <laughs> like, we drafted so many four-year guys. Um, yeah, like, honestly, man. Can, we talk, I'm, about I'm really his, can we talk about his finishing, though? His finishing is ridiculous. I mean, like, Norm, uh, what's it called? Um, what is it? Peg was saying that he was, uh, he's an elite finisher. I, I wouldn't go so far to say elite finisher just elite yet. Elite is a, a huge title. Not elite, but he's really good. He's really good at finishing through contact, finishing in traffic. That's what he's really good at. Those kind of like millisecond adjustments when he's rushing toward the rim. That is where he excels. Overall, in terms of just rim finishing layups and, you know, just in general, I wouldn't say that he's elite at that level yet. But you put like two bodies on him. I think that he'll probably have one of the highest field goal percentages probably, you know, among rookies. If I had to give him something, though, I wish he could have like at least five – to seven more inches of vertical. Bro, yeah. like, I just want to see him poster mans. Like, <laughs> he, almost postered, he almost postered the guy at the he end almost of the did. I wish he went one-handed, though. Like a sidearm tomahawk. Oh, man. Yeah. But, um, bro, like, one of the plays, I forgot which game it was, but whenever, like, Scott, uh, Scotty brings up the ball and Delano, like, cuts behind him and picks the ball up, Bro, like, whenever they hand it off to each other, it's such a beautiful sight because, like, you can just see the defenders be like, yo, who do we double? Or do we go over? Do we go under? Because, like, Delano's not a good shooter, but if you give him space, he's going to cross me up and go straight to the net, right? And his crossover is tight. That's another thing. His his right to left is nuts. It's the wingspan, bro. (laughs) It's the wingspan. It's the wingspan. He can do it so fast and so efficiently despite such long arms. That it sets. I don't remember. There was a podcast I was listening to earlier. I'm not sure if it was, um, if it was Blake Murphy's podcast on the Athletic, or it was, um, or if it was, if it was some YouTube That's video. Blake Murphy. Yeah, there was. They, they were talking about how how interesting his crossover was and how effective it is because of his. He has such a large wingspan. So I, I you know, I'm really excited about that. That he's got a, a very nice handle for somebody his size. Well, he said in one of the interviews that uh, I think he was still 5'9 when he was like 15, 16. And yeah. then when he was 17, he was like 6'5, six, 6'6. Six, six. Yeah. It's almost like an Anthony Davis type of situation, Anthony Davis type of situation, right? Where he played, he grew up playing guard and then he transitioned to a center where Delano Banton is like, no, I played guard my whole life. And then as I got taller, my coach is like, nah, 
you're going to be a special player. I'm going to let you keep playing guard and figure it out. Yeah, he credited his coach for that, yeah. Yeah, which is really fucking impressive. Um, let's talk about Wayne Knight a little bit. I really like the guy. I think he, like I, I said this so many times on Twitter, I think he's a huge upgrade if if we want a player like Rondé Hollis Jefferson that can actually shoot. Yeah, it's a really a good guy. Yeah, can actually yeah. like give you a lot of strength. Um, can like body people, you know, like because like he's not a huge huge guy, but he's built like a football player. I mean, it's ironic because he did play football. Um, strong dude, bro. Like if if you're driving to the lane and you're leaving the ball open, he's gonna try to grab it from you. You really gonna either yeah. getting a jump ball or he's stealing that ball from you. That's he's got monster. really good hands. Yeah, really good hands, and he's streaky. He is streaky. Like, sometimes he's hot, but then again, like, we did have Norman Powell on our team for a good six years. So I think we know a thing or two about streaky. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts on Wainwright? I, yeah, I think he's got really good hands. I think he is very – he has very high defensive upside. I think he's – you know, his that's that's really the thing that really stuck out to me, that he's got really, really good hands. You know, he's he, so many of his steals have come from him just anticipating the next move, cutting passing lanes. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really, really excited to see where he goes. Um, and he's, he's a very decent shooter. He can shoot top of the key. I think he can shoot, you know, from the corner. And like you said, he's a massive dude. He is a massive dude. He is a unit dude. Like people were saying, he looks like a cube. He's just, he's just this massive square dude. And I think that, um, the thing that I keep on thinking every time that I see him try to finish at the rim is, um, which also for the record, he is an excellent passer inside the paint. Do you remember that that play as well where he was um, – I think it was against Charlotte where he was rushing toward the rim on the fast break in transition. And uh, he, he went for the rim, and then he did kind of like an around-the-body pass to Precious for the dunk. And that's what really, really impressed me. I mean, you know, it, it's not exactly, uh, you know, impressive in the general sense and that obviously there were it was a two-on-one fast break, right? But, you know, to be able to have – to kind of like bend the pass around the body, you know, while you're in, in midair, you know, it's not – um, it's not something to just totally overlook because there are a lot of guys who can't even do that simple fundamental thing. So I think that, yeah. you know, I'm really excited about him. I think that's the perfect comparison. I think he's like a Rondé Hollis Jefferson that has higher shooting upside and that can With also shoot. some playmaking abilities. Because the thing is like, exactly. one thing that pissed us off with Norman Powell prior to our championship season is when he's like missing his shots, sometimes he's trying to break out of that close spell by shooting a little bit more. And sometimes yep. it ends up being in crunch time when we like need to bank like really get a shot in and he chucks it up anyways i think what's cool with wainwright that i love a lot like the play that you just talked about is when he's not you know like when he's not creating for himself or when he's not knocking down those shots he's not selfish with the ball he knows that there's yep. so many other ways he can impact the game right yeah and he's multi-dimensional Exactly. Like, I think those are the type of players that we need on our team really moving forward. Because if you think about Especially it, like, from rotation players. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we have one ball. There's only one ball. You're only going to have outside of your one, two, three options. There really isn't a lot of opportunities for a lot of other guys. Right. Because like your one, two, three are going to get the majority of your shots. The remainder, like let's say 20% is going to be for fumble plays where like, if something goes wrong, someone just comes clutch. If, like like Utah Watanabe, for example, Freddie's driving in and he's the last option with five seconds left. Utah's open, pass it out to Utah. Utah knocked down that three. Okay, that was your shot, right? It wasn't a play that was created for him, but it just happened to be available for him, right? 
So I think that's where we really need players like that that don't ask for much, but step up to the plate to produce what we need them to produce, right? Um, yeah. yeah. I 100% like, agree with you, yeah. I think, I think that, like, that was – there was another thing that um, – what's it called? Uh, th there was another point that you brought up that I wanted to add on to that I think he has way higher shot IQ than Norm does. If you remember, like, one of the things that really sold me off of Norm where I was like, okay, this dude's just not – smart enough to be in a Nick Nurse offense, I think. And that was, I think, a large factor, personally, in my opinion. I think it was a large factor in, um, in, in the Raptors' ultimate decision to trade him rather than paying him. Um, because, look, they're paying Trent almost pretty much about the same amount. You know what I mean? And I'm sure that Norm would have accepted less if he had stayed in, in Toronto. So you probably could have gotten Norm for less than Gary. There, right. there might have been a situation where that could have happened. And then but then there's the argument of the off. ceiling. Then there's the argument of the right. ceiling, right? Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, the initial point was that, look, when, when he had that final layup that could have won us the game in clutch time against the Celtics in game seven, and he misses that layup, he goes and he tries to take it on Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart is, is arguably, not even arguably, he is one of the best perimeter defenders, best, you know, pound for pound, he's also an excellent inside defender. He is one of the best defenders in the game, one of the best yes. guard defenders of all time. Okay, I'd even go that far. I think he is excellent. I mean, you love and the guy, so go, I'm not even going to argue I'm with you. I'm a big Marcus Smart fan. Everybody knows that. <laughs> but um, seriously, though, like, you know, you, it's just he, he plays like that. Plays like that where, where, where he goes and, you know, and, and, and he just tries to rush things rather than try to look for, for, for an open man or, or, you know, maybe he didn't trust the half-court offense during that game. I understand there are a lot of factors. But one thing that really stuck out to me is that Ishmael Wainwright probably has a way higher – um, shot IQ, the Norman Powell. And that was one thing that, yes. you know, it was kind of related to a point you brought up and I'm, I'm really interested. Do you know why that is? Tell European me. ball, baby. It's yeah. all the European ball. Yeah. Like, it's all that ball movement. He had to create, like, the thing with, I mean, I'm not even going to get to European ball because I don't watch it like that. But from what I've seen with all the players that have come up from overseas, like, you know, it's really, really like strict fundamental basketball. Like, you don't take that shot unless it's a good shot, right? Yeah. Um, no, I, I really like Wainwright, man. I, I hope he makes the roster. I hope that we end up keeping him. We need guys like I think him he will. I you think he's going to make the roster, he man. I think he absolutely No, like, will. like who's, who's going to make it over him? Sam Decker. <laughs> yeah. Sam yeah. Decker, come on. Um, and with his frame, one, one last thing I wanted to say about Wainwright was that um, with his frame, you know that little Lowry post bump? That he used to do against bigs, just kind of like you know the shoulder yeah. shove, so that he can create a and little bit of separation to get and the shot. If Ishmael Wainwright with his frame can master that type of pose move, that that type of drop step, man, man, oh man, is he going to be a problem? Because he can shoulders? shoot, he can score from from the perimeter, he can score from inside the paint, he can pl make plays on both ends. But, you know, I, I think that I think that he is a really really high upside player for the Raptors. I think that he could be an excellent rotational piece. Yo, for everyone that's listening to this and for YouTube, Eric, next time you look at uh, Wainwright, his his frame is like SpongeBob. It's a square. Not a square. It's, like <laughs> fucking, it's not a square. It's not a square. But if you look at his frame, like from his shoulders, like to his arms going straight down, bro, bro like it looks like SpongeBob. It looks like a Roblox cube. <laughs> <It's> a, <laughs> badass, man. Nah, but shout out to Wainwright. And I do want to add another thing. Yo, uh, this is not a slandering Norman Powell, by the way. Like we love Norm. Like, obviously, we would have loved for him to stay, but, you know, sometimes you got to think about players and what their future might be. I think being in Portland, playing with a superstar point guard like Dame uh, is probably the best situation for him. 
you know, sometimes yeah. a change of scenery elevates you a lot as a player because it gives you new responsibilities, gives you a lot of more opportunities to grow. So we do wish Norm the best of luck. Um, and he's one of the best maybe. scorers in the league, you know, like he's probably top, top 30 scorers. Yeah. By far. Um, all right. Let's, let's move things ahead. Um, we do have a couple of things we want to talk about. So bench mob. Bro, the future is bright with our bench mob, bro. Because the reason why I'm saying that is because, look, if you look at our current starters before Norm left, or well, it's the last year's starters, they were the bench mob, right? Back in 2016, 2017. Right? You had Norm. Yeah. Uh, you had OG. You had Norm. Fred, Fred Van Vliet. Fred Van Vliet. Um, pretty much, well, DeLon Wright was there, but he got moved to Siakam. Well, see, if you're talking 2016, 2017, Siakam was. Siakam was there, too. Um, yeah. Bro, like, we have a really nice bench mob coming up. Precious, Malachi. Who would OG. you have as your bench mob? Who who is your five for a bench mob? Oh, so who's okay, your well, six, who's, seven, eight, nine? My six, seven, eight, nine. Well, okay. Well, assuming Ken Burch is starting, right? Yeah, so, start, so let's, let's go from starting lineup. Let's go from starting lineup. So Fred, PG, Gary, Gary shooting guard, OG, OG small Pascal, forward, Birch. Pascal, Birch, solid starting five. I like that. Right. If I had to change yeah. something, I would change our five. But you know, Ken's Ken's not terrible. He's not no Aaron Banks. I would uh, vehemently disagree. I think Birch is excellent, but we'll I think he's, talk about I that mean, we, I mean, I'm not low on him. Don't get me wrong. I love Birch. I need to see more. And I think with the given I'm opportunity, with the new contract, with the new confidence, I know he's going to come out and ball out. And a good offseason um, in his belt. Yeah. Fuck, man. Our bench mom is crazy. All right, yo, Malachi off the bench. Malachi six men. You yeah. got Scotty Barnes. You got Precious. That's already my who, six, seven, eight. Who, who for the two though? Malachi is for the one, right? Or I guess you could say Scotty is for the one. Malachi is for the two because there's this one thing we learned from summer league. It's that Scotty's best with the ball in his hands. They could, they could. The only thing with Malachi that I want to see more is a shoot off the pick, like shoot off the screen, which I think he has shown. Uh, but if he can like sometimes be that Duncan Robinson type of player, just come off the screen and just fucking dagger a three. That would be really, really good for that us. Would that, that would be dope. That would be really insane. great. Especially if a defender goes, like, under, they're fucked. Yeah. And they're we're seeing fucked. that inside game from Malachi, too, this summer league. So right we now. could play the two realistically. Yeah. So he let's could. say that. Let's Which, say let's say Scotty at the one and uh, Malachi, Malachi at the two. two. Precious at the five. And, right. bro, like, fuck it. Like, Utah I, I, has to be in there. Utah has to be in there. Utah can play the three or four. And we already know the Wainwright can play the three. I kind of want to see Wainwright at times play the guard position. I won't lie. I want to see him play two at times. I'll you think his playmaking is that good? Yeah. No, no, no. Okay. Not because of playmaking. For defense. If we, have, if we ever put Malachi at one, if we're running bench mob, if we ever run putting Malachi at one, and let's say Scotty's not on the court, and the only defender we really have out there is Wainwright, put him at the two. He needs Bro, like, I, I think he can really get some cookies. I, 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 <laughs> yeah. I think he can really get some cookies, bro. And he's got such is, active hands. Bro, that man is out there to feed his fucking family, bro. Like, <laughs> Masai was, will probably be like, yo, if I'm, if I'm Masai Ujiri, I'll be like, yo, Wainwright, if you can average one steal a game, I'm going to give you an extra 500K. And he's like, say no more, fam. I'm getting you, you guys two. Into that. Yeah. <laughs> say no more, fam. I'm getting you two. And I'll have leftover money to go golfing. Like, I'm giving you two, bro. I'm putting my kid in private school. Like, I'm flying my family in fucking private jet. Bro, like, this man, you see how he was crying in the video? You see the interview where he was crying and shit? Bro, 
Yeah, that man knows what it's like to start, bro. Next thing you know, he's, you're gonna start <laughs> seeing like hashtag. Right. You're gonna start seeing hashtag better on yourself dice emoji. <laughs> you're gonna start seeing that shit on his fucking thing. Bro, what is bro. this Wainwright clowning, bro? What do you do? <laughs> I love the guy, man. This this is the thing. This is what the viewers have to understand about me. When I love a player, I gotta clown them for the first little bit, get all that like you know all the jokes out, and then they're my homie. But I, I love defend them the way that Peg defends Hardenstein. Yeah, that's another thing. For the viewers that are listening, we're supposed to get into it this episode, but yo, we didn't get to it because he got lagged out. But we will bring him back to talk about Isaiah Hartenstein. If I'm actually, I'm, I'm not gonna spoil it, but that that's the first. It's just pure episode. propaganda. It's just pure, <laughs> pure propaganda. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was win right. Yo, or the bench mob. You were saying so. So who would be three and four? Utah, and Chris, wouldn't it? Utah we Chris. didn't talk about Boucher. Yeah, Boucher yeah. four, bro. Malachi. So, so that's no, the bench Scotty, Malachi, Scotty, Scotty, Malachi. Malachi, Utah, Boucher, Precious. That roster can win you some games. That that's roster can mob. beat the Orlando Magic. Question. Is that bench <laughs> mob better than the 2016-2017 bench mob with Fred, Pascal, etc.? I think it could be. No. Right now, no. Right now, no. Right now, maybe not. In a year? Where Utah's In a year, a year yes. older. Chris is a year older. Yeah. In a year, yes. If Utah continues to show the confidence that he showed at the Olympics, if Boucher played even the same way he played last year, if Precious played with the high energy that he did in Summer League, if Malachi plays with the same confidence, and if Scotty just cleans up, like, his shooting. Yeah. Let me ask you two questions, though. One, with Pascal Siak, <laughs> who would you rather have? 2021 Chris Boucher or 2017 Pascal Siak? Who do you think is better? Like, I'd the say they're, they're equal defensively. They're equal on defensively, the right? Yeah. Well, yeah, Pascal. as a bench mob, if we're comparing bench mobs. You'd rather have Pascal. 2017 Pascal than 2021 yeah. Chris Boucher? Yes. I, I personally wouldn't. I think Chris Boucher can give you more offensively and more and just as much defensively, personally. You know what? You know what, man? I'll be honest. I think, I, I think I'm saying that because Chris Boucher really pissed me off last year on defense. This motherfucker bites every single pump fake. That's why. But, you see? but yeah, go when he does hit those threes, those fucking catapult missiles that he shoots, like he's trying yeah. to fucking break down the Great Wall of China. Unguardable. Like, that's it. Unguardable. No, seriously, they're unguardable. How many of those threes did he hit last season with a hand in his face? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Seriously, it's crazy. That's fucking hilarious, bro. That's fucking hilarious. Now, you know what? I, 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 it's debatable. I think we could probably argue, look at the stats and watch film, and uh, you could probably change my mind. But in my mind, like, I'm still really high on 2017 Pascal. I know it was still, like, just his second year in. His second year in. I, I was still right. high on it. But, um, yeah, to move along, we have one more thing to go over. Next season, man, what are we saying? Where are we finishing up? I, I, how about this? How about this? Between one to eight, I'll count it down three, two, one, and then you and I will say which seed we're gonna be at at the same time. Hang so on, I gotta, three. I gotta have a minute to think about this. I gotta have a minute to think about this. <laughs> no, 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 we gotta shoot it. We gotta shoot it. It has to be three, two, one, shoot, and we say what's fine. I'll give you a preliminary answer, but I'll modify it after we talk about. No, it. No, 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 no. We gotta do this first, and then we'll talk about it after. It just, I just want to yes, see. If yes, we're that's what I'm saying. Thing. That's what I'm saying. I'll give you a preliminary answer first. Yeah. 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 Okay. okay. All right. Ready? Ready? Three, 
two, one, seven seed. Five. Oh, shit. We're finishing sixth. You heard it here first. We're finishing sixth. You take the okay, high so and the you, you divide it. This is the fun thing about this question, that we're able to, I guess, talk about the other teams and where we think that they will be projected. So who do you think uh, are the six teams? You said seven, right? Yeah. So who do you think are the six teams that come before us? Uh, well, I, I think Brooklyn Nets yeah. are going to be They're the lost. first seed. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think Brooklyn Nets are going to be the first seed for sure. I think Milwaukee is going to be the second seed, but not that far behind Brooklyn Nets. I think they're probably going to be like three or four games off. Because knowing Brooklyn and their health, I don't think that they're really going to push to be that 60-win team. I think they're going to probably finish around like the 57 range. Um, Bucks, considering that they just won the finals, went all the way to the distance, I think they're going to be a little bit more careful. They're probably going to finish with 55 wins or so because they are going to rest Giannis a lot and let him just go rampage in the playoffs. Hang on, uh, just pause. My- you really think Brooklyn's going to be 57 wins? You don't think they're going to be more than that? No, I don't think they're going to be more than that. I think they're going to really prioritize health. Bro, if they stay like, healthy. So you think they're just going to load manage a lot? That's what you think? I think they're going to load manage a lot, yeah. I, I think we're probably going to see Harden, Kyrie, and Durant play like maybe 35 games tops together. That's even pushing it, right? But it's mainly going to be two of them. They're going to load manage a lot, a lot, a lot. Like knowing, seeing how their playoffs – bro, like I, I, I don't want to discredit Milwaukee beating Brooklyn – but, like, fucking KD just having that clown-ass feet, like, that was crazy, yeah. first of all. Second, James Harden wasn't even James Harden. He was just James. Yeah. On the, on Without the court. Kyrie and Harden, they still almost won. Right. Period. But that's not to discredit Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee won that chip fair and square. Props to you. Not going to take your championship away from me. I mean, you could also uh, say that if, if Kawhi was healthy, then then even though the Bucks made the finals, they still wouldn't have won. Right? Right. But whatever. But we're not playing basketball on paper, right? So we, we're right. going to accept the results of what it is. So right. um, Brooklyn first, Milwaukee second. Right. This is a hot take. People are all going to be all over, all over my head for this. I think Atlanta takes third seed. I agree. I thought you were about to say that, and I agree. I, I think, think Atlanta, Atlanta takes take third, third seed. Because yeah. I don't think Miami is going to prioritize really getting, like, a crazy, crazy seed. I think Miami is going to be happy with finishing fourth. Um because they do have a little bit of an older team, like in some of their core. Yeah. I know they're going to load agree, manage yeah. Larry a little bit. Larry's probably going to play like PJ. 65 to 70 games max. Jimmy Butler's probably going to play 70 games max. Um, those 12 games rest on back-to-back nights on those like road trips are really going to come to clutch for those guys. So I have Miami fourth. After that, I have Boston. I don't yes. have Chicago. Either. Okay. I have We've got Boston the same ranking fifth. so far. I have Boston fifth, and then I have yeah. Bulls sixth. Hang on, fifth. Who'd you have fourth? I had fourth. Um, Heat, Miami Heat. Oh wow. Yeah, the, but Even the thing with is, the load management. Yeah, I had Miami Heat fourth because I think defensively in the second half of the season they're gonna choke some fucking teams out, bro. Like I think their second half of the season is gonna be really crazy because, because look. By All-Star Weekend, the playoff structure is already coming to, like, you can already kind of see who's going to hold their position, right? Teams are already going to start transitioning and deciding if they're going to tank for the remainder of the season or if they're going to really try to push for a higher seed or if they're going to hold their seed. I think Miami goes for the pedal towards the second half of the season so they can go into the playoffs with momentum. That's just what I think with Miami, Uh, especially how their season ended last year. They're a momentum-heavy team. 
like they're a very momentum heavy team. Like when they catch fire, like they they light some teams out, man. And I have Miami fourth. They could be fifth. Uh, I have Boston sixth, fifth or sixth for Boston. Uh, seventh seed, I have the Raptors. Seventh seed, I have the. Well, the thing is like the reason why I really don't want to predict seven, eight, nine, ten because seven, eight, nine, ten is your play, uh, play-ins. And I think the reason why the seven seed would be the perfect plan for the Raptors is because you need one win to to hold your seed and stay in the playoffs. Um, I think they're going to need that little do or die type of vibe. Because if you're the seven seed, you got to lose two games to be out of the play-in. So I think the Raptors yeah. are going to need that little do or die type of vibe. And I think that'll be really good for them as like a young team going into the playoffs. Um, if they can squeeze out that game and hold the seven seed, Whoever they plays second round, not second round, first round, which is probably going to be the Brooklyn Nets or Miami, uh, not Miami, Milwaukee Bucks. Bro, a Raptors versus Milwaukee Bucks series in the first round will probably get demolished 4-1, but that's going to be an exciting-ass fucking series. I don't like, know if we would. I don't know if we would, to be honest, but bro, continue. You don't want to see Scotty Barnes try to flip the world upside down and guard Giannis? You do nah, not nah, want to nah, see that's that? OG. That's OG, though. <laughs> That's OG's job. OG's going to pocket him, bro. And, bro, OG's like, yo, give me two minutes. Scotty's like, <laughs> I got you, family. <laughs> um, yeah, that's pretty much my prediction for the East. I don't want to predict the West because um, I actually haven't looked much into the West yet. We'll probably save that for another episode. But, yeah, man, I got the Raptors finishing six. I mean, not six, seven. How about you? So, repeat, repeat, repeat your uh, top six one more time. My top six is Nets, Bucks. Hawks, Heat, Celtics, Bulls, Raptors, and then it could be anybody else. And if I had to really bet on a team that could be that final, final seed, I'm going to go with the Pacers. Yeah. I'm going to go with the Pacers or Wizards. I'm going to go with the Pacers or the Wizards. Nah, Wizards. Wizards, I think they're going to be a lottery team. I think they're going to do terrible. You think so? Personally, yeah. No, I think, you don't, I don't have trust in uh, Kyle Kuzma. I don't. <laughs> you, Utah's very own Flint, Michigan's very own Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> I don't think I don't think Flint, Michigan has faith in Flint, Michigan's very own guy. I, we gonna have to stop that Flint, Michigan slander. Though. Let's move on. Shout out to Flint, Michigan. Um, I like salty water. Uh, what's it called? <laughs> I was gonna say there's something wrong with Kyle Kuzma's <laughs> with Kyle Kuzma's flash. That's probably because he's from Flint. Anyways, that's a terrible joke. Um, so here's my top. Uh, I guess four, you'd say. So Brooklyn were in agreement. Bucks were in agreement. Yo, did you leave Philly out? Oh, yo, I left Philly out. All right, yo, let's run it back, run it back, take, run it back. Philly's going Philly's to have to take Miami's spot. Philly's four. Okay, I'm doing it again. I'm doing so it again. Bucks, I'll take that sorry, out. Nets, Bucks, Hawks, no one. 76ers. Okay. Heat. Okay. After Heat, I got... Bulls. Celtics. What? Bulls, yeah. After Heat, I got Celtics, Bulls, yep. Raptors. That's my top eight. But here's okay. the thing, though. I think Bulls, Celtics, and Raptors, those three slots could be interchangeable. The reason why I'm yeah. saying that is because for the Celtics, man, it's very Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum heavy. Something happens to one of those guys, or one of those guys have an off night, they could easily lose the game. But I'll give you a justification for Celtics later. Yeah, yeah. Um, Bulls, I think they're also going to be a second half of the season team. I think they're going to hang around the 7-8 seed for a bit and then climb up. Um, 
I know some people are going to hate on me for not giving the Knicks some love, but to be honest, I just don't believe in that team. I, I don't care. Sorry, Kevin. Um, yeah, I can't believe I forgot the Sixers, but I don't see the Sixers moving ahead of fourth or third seed, to be honest. Atlanta, even Philly could be third, Atlanta could be fourth, but I think Trey Young, after he got his conference finals run, I think that kid's going to want to ball out 30 plus. He's going to have try to put up an MVP type of season. He's going to have a Isaiah Thomas season before he got uh, injured. I think he's going to have an Isaiah Thomas season, bro. You don't think so? I don't know about all that. I don't know about all that. The East has gotten a lot stronger across the board. Um, True. So that's the thing. But anyways, okay, so I'll go. So I think um, we're in agreement with Nets and Bucks being the top two seeds. I think Atlanta might be the third seed. I, I think if they stay healthy, they'll probably be the third seed. They got John Collins locked in, Bogdanovich, um, you know, Trey – who else? They've got Clint. Jesus Christ. They've got, got uh, Lou Williams well, off the bench. Get that much play time. Yep. They've got Kevin Herter. They've got uh, – who else did they get in the draft? they got Cooper and who else? Was that just Cooper? Jalen Johnson. Jalen Johnson. Jesus. Okay. So, yeah, that's a pretty that's a pretty big team. So, yeah, I think I've got them at the third seed. Fourth seed, I've got Celtics. Mm-hmm. I've got Celtics fourth and I've got Raptors fifth. That's what I think. Um, and I've got Philly six. Yo, give me your confidence, bro. <laughs> give me your fucking confidence, bro. I will. I'll give you the explanation for, for why Celtics are so high because for some reason a lot of people are shutting down the Celtics. But, yeah, so I'll just finish that. So, so um, yeah, so Celtics fourth, uh, Raptors fifth, and then I've got Philly sixth, and I've got Miami seventh And uh, because I think they're going to do a lot of load management like we were talking about. And I've got um, – who else would be eighth? I think the Pacers might be eighth. Who do they have as the coach now? I forget who they hired. I don't uh, know. Oh, it's uh, Rick Carlisle. Rick Carlisle, isn't it? Oh shit! Is it Rick? That's Carlisle? a good hire. It's Carlisle. So I think Pacers. I think Pacers are going to go eight seed. Yeah. Yo, that's and a then really I think good Charlotte hire. ninth. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I think that's going to be the plus. I think Brogdon's going to be an All Star this year. Uh, I really do. So we can we can book right that, but. So very quickly, I'm going to make my justice, my, my, my brief pitch <clears throat> for why I think the Celtics are going to be the fifth seed. You said that Jason, they're very Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown heavy. I agree. I 100% agree. And the obvious um, situation here is that they lost Fournier and they lost Kemba. And they didn't really replace them with anybody. Um, so the, the starting five will look like this. It'll look like uh, Marcus Smart at point, um, probably Jalen Brown at the two, and then Jason Tatum at the three. Then you'd see Rob Williams at the four and Al Horford at the five. If I'm uh, Ime Duga, <laughs> I think that's what I'm going to go with. I don't know about Horford, but I've got a lot of faith in Time Lord. I think that he really showed his salt uh, during, during the season, against, during the postseason against the Nets. And I think that he's going to continue to do so. And I think this, if as okay. long as he can stay healthy, which is the issue, I think he can stay healthy. I think this I'll is his breakout house. year. This is this is only this is his last uh, his last year. They've got a this is his team option year. After this, mm-hmm. his contract is going to be up. So he's going to be trying hard. He's going to be trying really hard to stay fit. So I think the Celtics are going to be cooking. So you know the the only question is who's going to replace that shot creation with um, you know you've got Kemba gone and you've got Fournier gone. Pritchard is taking a leap. Pritchard, that much is yeah. clear. Scoring bro, 90, is 90 balling points. Balling out, balling out summer league, bro. <laughs> Here's that. Uh, and toward the end of last season. You know that I've watched like almost every Celtics game last season. Toward the end of last season, the second half, you really saw Aaron Naismith and uh, Romeo Langford come into their own. 
Romeo Langford was more so toward during the playoffs. Um, he didn't really have a good regular season at all. He didn't really get minutes. But um, Naismith was toward the second half of the season was really becoming an integral piece. And, you know, if you ask me, can Naismith replace Fournier's production? I don't think so, but I think he can come pretty close. And so, uh, and, and the Celtics were pretty much without Kemba for the vast majority of the season last year. And they didn't have a fully healthy lineup once. Yeah. Once. And they still, you know, d- held their own against the Nets. You know, they, they were without Brown. They were without Kemba. They were without uh, Time Lord. They pulled through. You know what yeah. I mean? And they still got a game. So, and that was with the fully healthy Nets. Yes, yeah. You know what I mean? So, I, you know, and, and Tatum's going to come back better. Brown is going to come back better. Pritchard is going to so, come man. back better. I, 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 like, I like JT and JB a lot. I hate the fucking Celtics, but I love JT and JB a yeah. lot. And you got to remember, who is the number one team in the summer league right now? The Celtics. The Celtics. They are the Celtics. absolutely whooping ass. They're probably going to win. They're probably going to win the whole thing. They're absolutely um, going to win. The Kings are not going to stand a chance in my opinion. So, so that's why I think the Celtics are going to go five. Uh, four, so to, to stir it away a little bit, um, like, because, you know, I want, I want to get into the questions that some of our viewers ask. If there's yeah, we'll two series, up. if there's two series that I really want to see the Bucks play in the first round, give the Raptors versus the Bucks, or give me Miami versus the Bucks. Bro, I'm telling you, those two series are going to be fucking banging. If I'm Milwaukee... If I'm Milwaukee Bucks, I'd rather see – I want to play against Hawks or Bulls in the first round. That's who I would want, just to get it just, – just, just to, like, skin by. But, dog, if they play the Raptors, Nick Nurse is going to give Giannis nightmares again. And if they play Miami Heat, you already know Kyle Lowry is not going to fucking hold back, considering that, you know, he was the last man to really take him out. Now he's on the other team that took him out. Like took Giannis out, so I think that's gonna be a really good season. Um, but yeah, you got some questions. You, uh, we had a viewer that asked you a question. What was it? I believe right, it was something along the lines of uh, our playoff predictions, right? Let's well, yeah, that right was exactly. That. Um, yeah, the question was literally if you have to bet your life on a seed for the Raptors to end up on, which one is it? So we pretty much got into that. Um, but you. I'll finish my take first because that was kind of like what, where I was going anyway. So that's why I think Celtics are four. And the reason I think the Raptors are five is one word, defense. I genuinely think that when it comes down to it, I mean, there were, there were a lot of people who were saying the Raptors are playing playoff defense in the summer league. Imagine what they're going to do in the regular season when you had in Fred, Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi. Back I think OG Ananobi is going to – yeah, back in Toronto. So, you know, and I think OG Ananobi is going to have a borderline all-star season this year, especially with Pascal out. I think that's going to be crucial for him. I think, you know, him being the first scoring option is really going to set him kind of, it's going to set the tone for him for the rest of the season. So I think defense and a leap from OG, Pascal finally back at home and being fully, fully recovered and having a, I think, he, you know, having a, at least a month or two of solid off season to really practice his skills. Fred coming back a better shooter, him having a whole ass offseason with zero playoffs to come back to. Malachi's taken a leap. We have Scotty. We've got a bunch of new rotational pieces. Utah has taken a leap. So I, I think that defense is going to be the thing we really hang our hat on. The immense switchability that we've got on the defensive end is going to help keep us at, at a high seed, personally. That's what I think. And I think that we will have taken a sharp. We all saw that Pascal Siakam 
tripled his shot creation bag last season. He was taking, you know, turnaround fadeaways. He was taking step backs. He was taking mid ranges. He was taking, you know, a whole bunch of different things that we've not really seen consistently from him. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, those one legged shots over the defender. So I think him and OG, we both saw that from. And Fred's going to come back a better shooter, hopefully a more efficient shooter with slightly higher um, quality shot selection. All those things happen, which are perfectly realistic. And Birch comes back with a full offseason as well. I think, I think that, that that's the reason why I think that we're above. I think the Sixers were the most fugazi team ever. And Simmons is gone anyways. And we know they're not going to get a good return for him. So they essentially lose Simmons for somebody of significantly lesser quality. Right? So there's that as well. So that's why I think... You're so selling me, man. You're selling me. That's why I think we're above the Sixers. Uh, the Hornets, I think they'll be solid, but there's a lot of new pieces. Same with the Bulls. There's a lot of new pieces going on there. I don't think that they're going to land in the first, in the first season. Um, mm. I can't believe I forgot the Knicks out of my top nine. I think that that's something that I'd probably have to change. I, I'm pretty high on the Knicks. I think they do pretty well. I, I, um, I don't hate them. I mean, I hate that's them, it, yeah. but I don't mind them. The, the thing is, last thing I want to say in regards to the Eastern Conference, yo – the Atlantic Division runs the East. I don't give a fuck what anybody else have to say. This is probably the first time. Yeah. I don't know if this has happened before, but all five Atlantic Division teams might make the playoffs, right? If the Knicks pull through as well, the Raptors pull through. Like I think Celtics, Sixers, and Nets are a lock. It's just a matter of Raptors and um, and uh, the Knicks. Um, I think the top three teams are going to have similar record in the East, maybe like three or four games behind each other. Um, and I think from four all the way down to eight, it's going to be like really, really tight. Uh, the East is going to be a battle, man. I think more so than the West. Uh, but that's part Absolutely. of the episode. Um, yeah, the, the question that I got is from uh, Joseph, at Joseph Malawin. Uh, he asked, who's the best fit for the Raptors out of the training camp dudes? And I think we already, we already talked about uh, Wainwright, Ishmael Wainwright. I think he's definitely going to get a deal, but I think there's still another spot going to be open for someone else from the training camp. And I think the person that, that deserves it, that I think is going to be really good for us is Justin Champagny. I really like yeah, Champagny. I agree. He's been making I really agree. good plays. That guy can grab boards for his size. He plays a lot bigger than he actually is. I think he's like six, six, maybe uh, plays like the four position and he's a knockdown shooter. Doug. Solid like rebounder as well. Solid rebounder. rebounder. Like he's been knocking down. I think Champagne would be really, really good for us. Um, th- this is just from like my eyeball test. I still have to like watch a lot more tape on him to get a better idea of like how he might fit with our team and where Nick Nurse could actually use him in the lineup and uh, which situations that he could put him in. But I really like Justin Champagne. Aside from that, I'm not really that high on a lot of other, other players. Um I think one thing that the Raptors media team have been doing a good job of this year is like every player that we've been getting so far for training camp deals or whatever, they've been doing a good job of giving coverage on that player and getting the fan base to like that player. So like, you know, on an emotional level, yeah, if we could, yeah, fuck it, sign everybody, have a fucking 22, 24 player roster, but that's not the reality. At the end of the day, we can only have 17 players, 15 guaranteed and two players on two way. So I, I hope Justin Champagne grabs one of the two ways, develops with the 905 and with, with um, Delano Banton and ends up getting some good minutes with us when we end up uh, moving some pieces later on. But um, yeah, bro, I think we pretty much covered everything. Is there anything you want to add? 
Nah, man, Champagne is a guy. I, I 100% agree. I mean, he was knocking down those shots. He showed, you know, I have. it's been a while since I've seen film, but the film that I saw, I remember being really encouraged about. He's got boards and he's got, you know, uh, I, I don't know if I'd say three-level scoring just yet. I don't think he's fantastic at the finishing at the rim. But, you know, perimeter scoring, he's got it. He's got a little bit of a pull-up game. You know, he can shoot off the dribble when when necessary. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I 100% agree. I think Champagne would be the guy. Yeah, and, yo, he has nice hair, man. If there's something that we know about rappers, uh, <laughs> the women of rappers Twitter, they love nice hair. Shout out to the women of rappers Twitter. I'm not even being sarcastic. They're dope. I think they're one of the coolest part of our fan base, um, even though we have a lot of dickheads that bully them and harass them. But leave them alone, for God's sake. Fuck, man. Let them enjoy basketball in peace. Um, yeah. Thank you, everybody, for and joining OG. us for another episode. <laughs> And OG, and OG, yeah, uh, yeah. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for another another episode of Holotakes Podcast. Um, as you guys can see, this is Eric Guerrero, aka Salsa Plug, right across me. Uh, expect us to do a lot more episodes and drop a lot more content for you guys. So please follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at Muscato Papi, M U S K A. Ha! I fucked up already. M-U-S-C-A-T-O-P-A-P-I, Muscato Papi. And you can follow Eric at Salsa Plug. It's spelled exactly as it sounds. So follow us both. Interact with us. We'll follow back. We'll talk hoops with you. And we'll catch you next time. Peace out. Psych! The episode's not over yet. Uh, we do have to shout out a special person who's a staple part of our Raptors community. Uh, he does a lot of graphics for the community. He has his own brand. I'm just going to let Eric take it away and give him a shout out. Casey Bannerman. Casey Bannerman is an awesome graphic designer for the Raptors. He designed this picture of Scotty. Uh, that is not the full picture. It says bang bitch because that bang is what bitch. Scotty said when he first did his three. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, go and follow Casey Bannerman on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we'll put his um, social media in the, uh, in the description. Word. Thank you, Casey, uh, for all the work that you do. Your jersey's a fire. One day we're going to uh, get one. And when Eric and I end up building our set for the podcast, you best believe one of your jerseys, if not two or maybe four, are going to be hanging in the studio. So thank you again for listening to our episode. And we'll catch you guys next time. Peace one more time. Later.